This episode is brought to you with support from Whole Foods. As our resident Greek girl, I am a sucker for Mediterranean flavors and want you to taste the Mediterranean too. Go to Whole Foods Market now and save on regionally inspired products through March 19th. Find sales on animal welfare certified meat, including boneless, skinless, air-chilled chicken breast, bone-in beef short ribs, ground lamb, and more. Save on whole bronzini and sustainable wild-caught sockeye salmon. And stock up on Mediterranean essentials like feta cheese crumbles, whole wheat pita pockets, and if you're over 21, wines from Spain, Greece, and Italy. Grab your ingredients and experiment with family-friendly Mediterranean cuisine today. Think Greek-style ground lamb pitas, lemony oven-roasted chicken, or bronzino, or instant pot short ribs braised in wine. All simple and delicious. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market. Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share HomeThreads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. At HomeThreads.com, discover furniture that can handle the chaos of family life. From wipeable dining chairs to kitchen tables and light fixtures. Or you can just freshen up your kitchen with trays, counter lamps, decor, and other affordable accents that will help you update your kitchen into a room you love spending time in. Head over to homethreads.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for Dinner and I Just Feed You, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day, plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. Homethreads, love where you live. That's homethreads.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y today to get 15% off your first order. And so it's a matter of baby steps. It's not something that you should drastically do all at once because like I said, that can cause frustration. And so I do suggest if you're going to be reducing your grocery budget and you're still not kind of 100% sure of where you stand or what you can survive with or on, then I'd suggest try $100 for one month. Try $50 one month. It's whatever you feel you can get by with. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You? A podcast about feeding us kids. I have a mood today, Stacey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's been a, it's been, it's been, it's been a time. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a time and it's a new year. And you know what we're going to talk about this week? Let's just jump right in. We're going to talk about budgeting. And you know what? That's going to put me in a mood because I hate budgeting. (laughs) I do. It is, it is like the least sexy thing to talk about. Like, oh, uh, just so you know, you only have $250 left uh, to spend on groceries this wah, month. Wah. Like, we're just, no, write me a check. I don't want to be on a budget. Uh, no. <laughs> so, but you know, it's really, really important. And recently, so after we did our renovation, Yes, this summer. We, this summer, we moved back into our house and we were like, okay, so we just invested a whole bunch of money into our home and let's get back on track. We have to replenish the savings that we spent on our house and let's figure out where we're going to you know, scrimp and save so we can replenish that money. And we took stock of everything and the amount of money that we were spending on food was so shocking to me. It was one of our biggest expenditures. I could barely believe it. 
And I know that I'm a recipe developer, but even when we pulled that aside, I just really, I was embarrassed. Right? You're, yeah. It's like shame. You feel shame. Totally. You some, I, there were months before we started tracking and budgeting where I spent more than our mortgage on groceries. And I was like, this is not good or healthy. Yeah. I mean, it was really outrageous. <laughs> and I know we live in New York. You know, food is very expensive here. Yes. But I feel like I should be doing really great. Like, I'm the person who should be able to make something out of nothing. <laughs> it should be delicious and simple. I mean, it was really crazy. So I was like, I'm going to get serious. This was right before the holidays. So, of course, our food budget's a little off yeah. because of December. Right. I definitely spent more in November and December yeah. on groceries than I normally would. We had some special meals like Thanksgiving and Christmas totally. dinner and um, just sort of like some fun meals out too. Totally. But I want to know, do you coupon? I don't coupon. I do not either. So okay. what do you think makes the biggest difference in changing what you Ugh. spend on groceries every month? I actually – didn't I'm you know we're in the beginning so this I think we started around October and then it was the holidays so I'm not very deep into this yet okay but the first thing that we did was to just and we'd actually done this a little while ago and we kind of saw a first wave shift cut meat okay from our diet not totally but just really drastically reduce the amount of meat we were eating I think a huge bit of it for us is the fact that we are very specific about the meat that we eat. So, um, you know, we know where the meat comes from. It tends to be grass-fed. Uh, it's just really expensive meat. But even if you're not particular about the meat that you eat, meat tends to be expensive, fairly expensive. So if I, I think that if you reduce the amount of meat that you eat to just maybe two or three nights a week, you're going to find that your grocery bill is going to go down. I'm also pretty lucky because I only pack one school lunch a week now. My older son's in middle school and they provide him with lunch. And my little one doesn't really like meat that much. So most of his school lunches are vegetarian. So that was the first thing that we did. And then focusing on vegetarian meals allowed me to really think about what can I buy organic versus not organic, looking at the dirty dozen list and kind of reevaluating that. That's something that I thought a lot about um, when they were little and not just blindly going for everything organic, which is just a personal thing that's important to me. Thinking about what I can buy frozen versus not frozen when it comes to my produce I know people are like, frozen vegetables are horrible. Actually, some frozen vegetables are great, preferable even. Yeah, there's actually some research that they're just as nutritious often as fresh vegetables. Totally. They're fresh, flash frozen, so you shouldn't feel any sort of guilt about using frozen veggies, especially because they can be more affordable when things are out of season. That's right. And when you live in a place like New York City where winter is long and you don't have all four seasons, you have great local produce, you know, some peas are going to be great all year round because, like you said, they're flash frozen at peak season. Bulk dry goods. So beans, legumes, things like that become the base of really great hearty filling vegetarian meals. And they do really great and they're more affordable when you grab them from the bulk aisle. And then 
last week's episode. Instant Pot helps me cook them more conveniently. I don't have to think about soaking them or taking forever to cook them. Much more affordable, less waste than having to rely on cans. I just want to add that I have been cooking so much stock from leftover food scraps, yep. like veggie scraps, and we had like a roasted chicken and I threw that in the Instant Pot. So I've been using the Instant Pot to make the most of leftovers to save money on future groceries. Totally. So that's where I was going next. And another thing is also like going beyond some of those basics, even thinking about like your herbs, you know, like turn that into pesto and then freeze it. So really go thinking not just about my pantry and expanding my thinking to my freezer. And I know you're going to talk about meal planning, so I'm not even going to talk about that because (laughs) you are the queen. But, you know, so using my freezer to, you know, when I do make chicken stock, when I do pull pull out that like chicken that's left on the carcass, it's not enough to make a meal, putting it in a little like freezer safe food container and popping it in the freezer because that can become like tostadas for just the two boys when we're on a date night, Um, you know, popping it into the freezer. And that means also when you're meal planning, making sure that you also look in the freezer. You'll talk about that, I'm sure. Yes. Um, And then also one last thing, making sure that um, anything that's about to turn, like bananas, I posted this on Instagram once and maybe even in our private Facebook group, which we'll talk about at the very end. Like if it's about to turn or if I have a little bit of spinach at the bottom of my bag or that clamshell that's going to like go mucky soon, again, I just put it in a food safe container, freezer safe container, you know, with those blueberries. Sure, there's only five of them. That's cool. I put them in the bag together and I pop them in the freezer because a handful of blueberries and a handful of spinach, it may seem random, but guess what? Frozen in a bag together, that's the base of an after-school smoothie for Oliver. Done. That's an after-school snack and I didn't throw it away and that's money saved. One of my favorite bloggers and podcasters, Kendra of The Lazy Genius, she calls that bizarro meal prep. And I know that you (laughs) prefer meal prep to meal planning, but the idea of bizarro meal prep, and she has a whole post on her website that we'll link to. The whole idea is that instead of like buying fresh ingredients to meal prep for the week, actually look at what's in your fridge that you need to use up and make that meal prep. So like you have still a pound of that five pound bag of carrots that you bought and you need to use them up, like peel them and cut them up so your kids can have them as snacks. Or like you're saying, you have a little bit of blueberries left, freeze them or bananas and turn that into smoothies for later in the week. So smart. And you're like saving yourself a trip to the grocery store to do meal prep. Totally. Okay, so tell me about you. Okay, so I will say that for a really long time, we did not budget at all, like in any form or fashion. It's really just in the last year when we moved to Idaho and my my husband's job has kind of shifted. He's a freelancer. He's maybe not working as much here or he's traveling more for work. Um, So we've really had to like – have a come to Jesus about our budget and start tracking everything, not just our food budget. But the food budget was absolutely the most painful part of tracking our expenses because, like I said, there were months where we spent more on food than our mortgage. Like we could have made an extra mortgage payment or we could have put that money in savings um, and gotten closer to our other financial goals rather than just like eating our expenses. 
So tracking helps, and I'm actually actively, and I should report back in a later episode, I'm actively saving grocery receipts right now so that I can kind of make a matrix of what we buy most often and really see where it's less expensive because I have an inkling that even though I think Winco, which is a chain that we have out west, and they have lots of bulk stuff and everyone's like, it's so much cheaper. I think it's cheaper for some things, but there are some things I'm never going to buy there. Like I don't like their meat, and I, I don't think... I do think that occasionally there's things that go on sale at like an Albertsons or a Whole Foods or Trader Joe's that are actually more cost effective. But grocery shopping is super personal. So I feel like I need to track what my what I buy regularly to have an understanding of like where I can save. And can I just jump in and say that that's a really great point because for me, you know, I talked about meat earlier. I'm never going to change the kind of meat that I'm going to buy. Yes. Like the meat that I'm going to buy is going to always be extremely expensive. Yes. And our guest today talks about this a little bit. Like your grocery budget is is defined by the size of your family, your location. Like you're always going to spend more more in groceries than I am because you're in New York yeah, and I'm and in that's Idaho. True too. And then your dietary preferences, which includes everything from allergies to choosing organic or conventional. Right. Yes. So, you know, I'd rather get some like non-organic vegetables at this point because my boys are full grown, Um, you know, and I have this whole thing about organic and smaller bodies versus full grown bodies um, that I can mention on the site. Yes. But for me, like grass-fed, naturally raised meat from a source that I know is really, really important. And it's just a personal thing. And that's going to be really expensive. And as a family, we all decided we'd actually rather eat meat fewer times in a week than sacrifice that. So, you know, I just think that that's an important point to raise. I agree. And I also want to add two things. First, if that's important to your family, one of the things we did last year, which was really a cool educational experience and saved us a ton of money, is we bought a cow share. Yeah. So we got all of our beef and it was a lot less expensive per pound. And it taught me, like, I got to go to the butcher and see my half of a cow and, like, learn about the cuts of it. And then I also was challenged to cook cuts that I wouldn't normally pick up at the grocery store because I had them in my freezer and I just needed to use them up. Yeah, we're thinking of doing that. Oliver doesn't like beef. Yeah. Well, there are chicken chairs. We have a chicken chair at our local farmer's market that you can buy into. Um, You just have to do – I'm sure there's tons around you in New York. And then the other thing I want to say is being sort of like contrarian to your – saying organic is important to you. I just want to remind everyone that like no matter what you're feeding your kids, you're doing a good job. Yes. And I agree. Not not to say that you're not saying that, but I think sometimes when we are like both very privileged, we work in the food industry, we have um, double incomes, we can afford to make certain choices about how we spend our grocery budget and like I don't want anyone to listening to feel bad like if they don't choose organic meat or if they choose canned vegetables over frozen or fresh like anything if you're able to feed your kids three square meals a day you're doing awesome I totally agree and I'm glad you took them a moment to say that I was just using that as an example to point out that whatever decisions you make 
you need to plan around those. And sometimes the decision can be to eat more or less of something to make something else fit. But I, you know, you get an amen. But <laughs> okay. go ahead. So keep going. Your budget. So keep going. Okay. Uh, so we started tracking. That's both painful and necessary. <laughs> we have always meal planned. And I've really had to tighten that up and include meal, meal planning a little better for um, my lunches at home and breakfast for the kids because I would just be like, oh, I'll just buy a bunch of eggs and I'll buy a bunch of bacon and maybe I'll buy freezer waffles and maybe I'll buy a box of cereal and on and on every week. And like then I'm spending – you know, $60 on grocery ingredients where I could choose like two or three things that we're going to have for breakfast this week. Like we're going to have oatmeal, we're going to have eggs a couple days, and we're maybe going to have freezer waffles and instead be spending $15 on my grocery ingredients. So expanding meal planning from my dinners to also include breakfasts and lunches has helped our grocery budget. How about snacks? Snacks are so tough because my husband will eat an entire bag of chips, which y'all, chips are expensive. It's like $5 for a bag of chips these days. Um, He'll eat an entire bag in one sitting. Oh. And I'm uh, like, oh, that's teenage boys probably too. Oh, before I (laughs) unpacked the groceries over holiday break, an entire package of cheese sticks, a bag of pop chips, and a box of crackers. Yes. Decimated. Mike, Oliver, and Isaac. I hadn't even unpacked the bags, people. I could not believe it. You need to start charging them. They need to become aware of the expenses. Work! So like you were saying, though, you can buy some sort of bulk – I'm going to say, quote, unquote, bulk snacks and save some money there. I mean, it may not work specifically for your family, but that's one of the things we've pivoted towards is like – I don't buy like bags of popcorn. I buy bulk popcorn kernels and then we pop it and we put our like nutritional yeast and butter on it and that makes it cheaper per serving than like the smart food popcorn or the boom chicka pop that we love. Yeah, all those like fancy snacks. Yeah. I mean, all those brands that we love that come in like a little six or eight ounce bag, no more. No more. They eat up your budget. Yep. Yes. Um, yo- so we also like big containers of yogurt at yep. Costco, and then we turn yogurt into smoothies or we turn it into like a peanut butter honey dip for fruit. And some like some bulk sections have things like crackers or um, jelly beans or veggie sticks that you could buy in bulk. And then you can just like buy what you'll eat for the week and not buy more than you need and hopefully save some money on snacks. Snacks, that is, that's one of those places where your budget can go awry. Shopping my pantry first. I'm actually really excited about this because our friends Katie and Sally um, are doing a pantry challenge right now. And it got me excited to like go through my pantry and make a pantry and freezer list so I know what I have and what I can use up. And I'm challenging myself in the month of January to eat down our pantry and our freezer and spend less than $75 a week on groceries, which is way more than half of a cut in our weekly food budget. Yeah, that's crazy. I got rid of my extra pantry and that also was really helpful. We should, I'll share in our Facebook group how I'm doing every week. I think I spent $51 this week on groceries. That's amazing. It's totally terrifying. (laughs) That's that's pretty crazy. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a very personal question. How much do you spend a week on groceries? Okay, so before... Some we some months rather. Okay, we were spending as much as eight hundred dollars. 
Wow. I mean, mind you, I'm in New York City. Yeah. I actually feel like my wow is a little bit like, oh, that's really good because I had months in like September, October where I was spending $1,200 on groceries. Oh, yeah. That's that's very intense. Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely had months where I would go up to like nine something, but I, I would try not to get past like eight. Um, and now we are down to like, I would say when I can stay around $150 a week, I'm feeling good. Yes. And that's for your family of four in that's your for my city. Family of four. You're mostly eating vegetables. You're not eating a ton of meat. Correct. And vegetables in New York in the winter are very, very expensive. I'm sure because they have to be shipped in. Yeah. I'm right. Okay. So I foolishly for years – believed that we we only spent $200 a week on groceries. So $800 a month. Like that's how much I thought realistically we spent on food until I started tracking. Then I was like, oh, all these little tiny trips to the grocery store where my husband buys the loaf of bread I needed or the ingredient I forgot. Uh, and he also buys himself a six pack of beer or a bag of chips. Like those are killing us. So now we're trying to be at $125 a week for groceries and then also giving ourselves $100 a month towards going to Costco and getting things in bulk like butter nice. and flour and sugar and chicken and bacon and <laughs> yeah and gas at Costco also. I would like to. So what did I say I'd like to be at? I said I'd like to be at 150 Yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty good for New York. I think it's um, pretty good for New York too. But I also – Let's ha- report how we're doing. Yeah, let's report how we're doing. I'll also share in our Facebook group, there is a – I think it's a USDA sheet that like gives an estimated like if you're at a median income, here's what you should be spending a week on groceries. And it breaks it down by family size and different income brackets. It's really fascinating. It might be a good resource if you're like, I have no idea how much I should set for my budget. Let's try tracking and look at this little cheat sheet. Interesting. Now a word from our sponsors. I'm here with Katie of Mom's Kitchen Handbook, who's here to tell us about the pantry challenge she's hosting with Sally of Real Mom Nutrition this month. Well, the challenge started on January 12th, but you can still sign up if it's within the first week. And the idea is to sort of organize and cook through your pantry, fridge, and freezer with the ultimate goal of saving money, minimizing food waste, and using what you have. And we're going to have all kinds of strategies, free printables, and access to a private Facebook group where we can swap ideas. To learn more about Katie and the Pantry Challenge, visit momskitchenhandbook.com. I started following The Budget Mom a few months ago, inspired at first by her debt payoff journey. She's paid off $50,000 in less than a year and is quickly working on becoming debt-free. But I was also hooked by her weekly meal planning and cooking stories. Kumiko is a full-time working mom. She's also a single mom. She works as a financial counselor and teaches others, mostly women, that they can have a life they love on a real budget. So tell us a little bit about how meal planning and grocery budgeting helped you pay off over $20,000 in less than a year. Well, I kind of noticed that my, I mean, with any budget, if you think about it, your food budget is one of your most expensive categories in your budget. It's right behind housing and childcare and medical insurance. And so when I started my financial journey and I started tracking my spending, I noticed that I was spending probably around $800 a month on groceries and eating out. 
And if I were to cut a category in my budget, that was the one I was going to tackle just because it's such a high and expensive category. And so I started meal planning to try to help me map out a plan for my meals so I knew exactly what I needed to have on hand, what meals I was going to provide for my family. And it really helped me cut down and stick to a grocery list when I was at the grocery store. That was one of my biggest problems is I'm a wanderer. And so I wander the aisles. And anytime you go into the grocery store and you're not fully prepared on what you're going to be buying, it's really easy just to gravitate towards those things that you just think all of a sudden, oh, I want that, or that seems nice, or that looks good. And you throw it in your cart and you don't really think about it. So meal planning for me has allowed me to really have a purpose when I go to the grocery store. It allowed me to be more aware of where I was spending my money when it comes to food. But not only that, it opened my eyes to how much I was spending on eating out. And the main reason a lot of people eat out is because they don't have a plan for home. It's convenient, it's easy, it's simple. And so I've really learned to utilize the things that I have in my kitchen to cut back on those costs and everything. So I cut my food budget from $800 a month down to $400 a month. So I essentially cut it in half strictly by having a meal plan and sticking to my grocery list and and basically having everything mapped out every single week for my meals. And that other $400 that I saved is what I threw towards my debt and my savings goals. And that's essentially how I started tackling my savings and debt goal from meal planning. I really love that because that's where I'm at right now. As a food editor, I felt like I could just spend my grocery budget on things that were like fun and new and like, oh, I need to try this so I can be able to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And we, as a family of four, were spending like over $1,200 a month on groceries some months before we started like really tracking and meal planning and setting a cash budget. Right. which is a process that's new to me. So can you tell us a little bit about like how people can get started if they've never had a food budget? Where do you suggest they start and what are the steps to setting a food budget that you'll stick to? Right. So one of the first steps that I tell any of my readers when it comes to not only your food budget but budgeting in general is tracking your spending. And so if you're say, and I I really do suggest tracking your overall spending, but if you are curious and and you need to know, well, how how much, because a lot of people don't even know how much they truly spend on food. And so it's about being aware of where your dollars are currently going. And once you know realistically how much you're spending in your life on food costs every month, then you have a starting point of saying, okay, this is where I'm at here's where I want or need to be. And if you have those two starting points, then you can really start creating that plan. And that plan really starts with what I'm doing today in my home is making sure you're aware of what you already have on hand. So it's a matter of being aware of what you're realistically spending on food, having a goal in mind on what you can realistically cut it back to. Now, I'm not saying going from an $800 food cost to a $200 food cost because what when you when you cut it so drastically it makes it really hard to stick to and then people get frustrated and they quit but you need to cut it back to a realistic amount that you feel that you can truly get by with providing meals for your family and then figuring out what you have at hand 
at home already to use. And one of the things that saved me on meal planning the most and on grocery costs when I started meal planning is utilizing the food that I already had at home before I started my meal planning. So today I'm about to start my meal plan for the beginning of January and it's essential that I know what I have in my pantry, in my freezer, in my fridge at this point because all of the recipes that I create for my first week of January are gonna be based on the ingredients that I already have. And so it's really important and that's the first, well I should say second step, is making sure you know what you have at home and then picking out recipes that include those ingredients that you already have. And you have a resource on the budgetmom.com, a meal planning binder that includes a pantry and freezer checklist. And that's something that you use to to set yourself up for success when it comes from comes to using what you already have on hand for meal planning, right? Yes. It's a it's a uh, my meal planning printable workbook. It's a digital download. You can print it off at home as many times as you need. Um, it does include a freezer and fridge inventory list and a pantry inventory list. It allows you to write how much you have on hand when it expires, because that's another thing. When you figure out what you already have at hand, on hand at home, it's a great way to reduce food waste because then you're aware of your expiration dates. So for instance, today, this morning, I was going through my pantry and I had four cans of cream of mushroom soup that expired a year ago. (laughs) (laughs) And so it makes you aware of when you're creating your recipes for your meal plan, use those things that are going to expire first. So you're not left at the end of the month of throwing things away because you didn't use them in time. And so that's another big reason why I suggest doing your inventory list. It also helps with overbuying. A lot of the time, if you go to the store to buy groceries for your meal plan, and if you don't know what you already have on hand, you end up buying the same thing over and over and over again. And then pretty soon before you know it, you have 20 cans of cream and mushroom soup. And and so it's really important to start with that inventory list. I am so guilty of this. Uh, it's canned tomatoes for me. I'm always like, do I have canned tomatoes? I can't really yes. remember. And so I'm like always putting them in my cart and they feel inexpensive. But then you're like, oh, I have 10 cans of tomatoes and I don't exactly. even, I'm not even using one up this week. So it's kind I of know. a waste. I know. And it's kind of funny how it happens with the smaller type goods. Yes. The, the things that are like a dollar, a dollar fifty. So my big guilty thing is I buy those spice packets like mm-hmm. the spig- they're already made spice packets like for spaghetti and fajitas and brown gravy. I kid you not, I probably have 30 packets of brown gravy. It's something, brown <laughs> gravy is something that my family absolutely loves. Yes. They devour it. And so every time I go to the store, before I started taking my inventory, it was like, oh, I better pick up five packets of brown gravy because I don't know when my family's going to need it. And it's only 89 cents. But it really sucks when you get to the point where you have 30 of them and realize that you're not going to be able to use all of them before they expire. And I am a huge person on expiration dates. I had um, a pretty bad bout of salmonella poisoning. Oh, no. Yeah, it happened to me when I was pretty young. But for some reason, that whole traumatic event of being super sick from salmonella poisoning, it made me like a super freak about expiration dates and when things expire for some reason I don't know why and I also have a thing with making sure like obviously my chicken is super cooked it's probably why I don't eat chicken very often 
Um, so I'm a stickler on expiration dates. <laughs> I will not eat it if I, it feels a little bit testy to me. Yes. <laughs> so it's really helpful for me to have that inventory list. Yes. So going back to setting a grocery budget, we want to track. We want to check what's in our pantries first. And then do you suggest people like – adjust their budgets as they go along. I feel like this is something you talk about a little bit on your Instagram. Yes. And so, like I said, you need to start, of course, that starting point is what's really happening right now. And then what I suggest, what I did to cut my grocery budget is I really challenged myself. I said, okay, this is where I'm at. Let's cut my grocery budget by $100 this month and let's see how I survive. Let's see how it impacts my life by cutting $100 off my grocery budget. And pretty soon before you know it, I went four months of cutting my grocery budget by $100 every single month until I got down to that $400 um, limit. And so it's a matter of baby steps. It's not something that you should drastically do all at once because, like I said, that can cause frustration. Absolutely. And so I do suggest... If you're going to be reducing your grocery budget and you're still not kind of 100% sure of where you stand or what you can survive with or on, then I'd suggest try $100 for one month. Try $50 one month. It's whatever you feel you can get by with. And then you use cash exclusively for your grocery budget and your like eating out budget and miscellaneous things. Why do you do that? Talk a little yes, bit about so it. So I am strictly an all cash spender. I never swipe my debit card. I pay my regular bills online, but the rest of my variable spending is done with cash. And I did that because before I started budgeting, I am a dead on spender. And it's something that is I'm honest about with myself. Yeah. Um, it's one of the reasons I got into trouble with credit cards in the beginning is I'm a, I was an impatient spender. When I wanted something, I didn't care how much it cost me. But using cash is a great visual way. It turns your budget into a tangible item. You get to see right in front of your face how much you have left to spend. You have that cash in your hands and all of a sudden your spending decisions become a lot more important. And so Say, for instance, if I'm at the grocery store and I have only $20 cash left in my grocery budget envelope, it's like, wow, how can I really stretch this $20? And there's been multiple times where I've been at the grocery store. It's like, okay, well, I don't need this and I don't need this and I don't need this. And it really makes you more critical about what you're spending your money on. It's just a great visual way of keeping yourself from overspending. It adds a lot of clarity to your It does. Your spending. It really yeah. does. Okay, so talking about stretching $20, what are your top three tips for saving money on groceries? I know. Obviously, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's a Obviously, big question. Meal, meal planning is one of them. Okay. Um, But another really kind of different thing that I do that a lot of people don't know about is because I'm an all-cash spender, I have one cash envelope for my food category. Now that includes eating out and groceries. Okay. The thing that I do to save money is I don't have an eating out budget. What happens is how much my family can enjoy eating out depends on how low I can keep my grocery trips when I go to the grocery store for our meal plans. And so it's a great fun challenge when I go to the store, when I'm creating my meal plan, it's like, ooh, let's see how low I can keep this grocery trip. And then I can either save the money 
Or my family has the option of possibly having a pizza night this week. Or maybe we could do, you know, me, me and my sons, one of our favorite restaurants is Noodle Express. It's like, oh, well, maybe I can bring my son to Noodle Express this week if I can keep my grocery costs low enough. And so it's a great balance between saving money and being able to reward yourself while still being on a budget, especially a food budget. And so that's one of the ways that I challenge myself to save money. Another way um, to save money is there's a big debate out there if whether or not buying bulk saves you money. Some people say that it causes people to overspend because you don't really need that much. It goes bad before you use it, that type of thing. For me, I found that buying bulk has actually saved me money. Now, when I do my meal plans, there are some things that I go to Costco for to buy in bulk. A lot of that is veggies that I can end up freezing. And so I just went to Costco. I freeze everything from the peas that I buy there, the broccoli, the asparagus, I literally put it, I use what I can for the week and I put the rest into the freezer and use it as I go along. But that's one of my saving tips that I use. A lot of people are intimidated by buying bulk because they think they might not use things up in the before they expire like we were talking about earlier. So I think reminding people that they can freeze extras is such a great tip. Um, and you just have a regular free, like, size freezer you don't have an extra freezer that you put all no, of those things into. No I have into. a regular freezer yeah. and so I have to be very selective of what I can put in there. Now I'm hoping when I buy my house that I can have one of those deep freezers the ones that are like the huge chests. Um, my family my my mom and my stepdad they own a dairy farm and a oh, cattle wow. farm. That's where I get a lot of my meats um, is from my family farm I wish that I could take more meat off their hands, but I can't stick all the beef in the freezer. Yes, I know. That's a big goal that you're working towards is is saving for a house this year, just so you can have a big freezer for all your extras. I know. Yes. (laughs) All right. One last question, and this is just for fun. What are your top three most used food emojis on your phone? Oh, that's really easy. Um, It's the little wine glasses. Yes. The cheers. Yep. I have that on there. I, for some reason, I don't know why, but I have this picture of these little berries. Yes. They look like little berries. <laughs> and then um, I would say probably the next one is the cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I thought maybe it would be um, like potato chips. Is there a potato chip emoji? I, I wish I'd... there was because that would be the one probably. <laughs> do you have a love of like the cheddar, sour cream, ruffles? That's like one of I your do. little indulgences. It is my guilty pleasure. Yes. It's kind of the thing that I use to my re- – to reward myself when I'm doing really good with my budget, I'll go out and get one of the the Ruffles cheddar cheese and um, onion chips. <laughs> and does your son get to share in those or are those just for mom? He does. He loves them. He actually, it's kind of funny. I don't know why he calls them this, but he calls them fiery chips. Oh, yeah, I don't know if it's because of the color, but so he knows them as fiery chips. He's like, hey, mom, did you know, did you get fiery chips today? Oh, not today. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> That's so fun. Thank you so much, Miko. Yeah. Megan, it was so fun listening to you two. I've become obsessed with her too because of you. And I was so bummed that I couldn't be on the interview. But actually, now that I've listened to you guys, I'm not bummed because it was kind of fun just to be a listener. 
I kind of fangirled out. Kumiko or her friends and family call her Miko. She's like such an inspiration and she's so hardworking and she shares so much of her personal life. Like her vulnerability is really inspiring to me when it comes to budget. And in November, she, which also inspired my doing this January pantry challenge, she um, was like, in November, I'm not buying anything new, any new groceries. And she just ate from her fridge. Oh my freezer God. Freezer and A pantry. Month? Yeah, and I think you can find all of that in her Instagram highlights. She also has a wonderful new YouTube channel that's a great resource, and she has a private Facebook group for the Budget Mom family is what it's called, and there's, like, lots of great discussions in there. Awesome. Before we jump off today, I want to do a quick lightning round. This is my new favorite feature. Give us your top three budget recipes, Oh, I picked more than three. Can I just – I'm going to go lightning round. Okay. (laughs) Can't help it. Sorry. A lot of these are from my cookbook, Make It Easy, but I'll just – I'm just going to go, and we'll put links. I'll figure it out later. Yes. Okay. I love making stratas which are basically like savory bread puddings. And they're usually served at brunch, but they're great for dinners too. And they're a great way to use up stale bread. Um, I also really love using lentils in place of ground beef. If you don't like- So smart. If you don't like doing that, you can use it in combination with ground beef. So if you normally use two pounds of ground beef to make either meat sauce or sloppy joes, anything like that, you can use one pound plus lentils or a half pound plus lentils. Um, And like I said, I have in Make It Easy Beef and Lentil Sloppy Joes. I have on my uh, my old site, One Hungry Mama, um, lentil and mushroom bolognese that I really love. I know it sounds crazy to make your own homemade ricotta. It's actually super crazy easy. And if you're willing to do something like that, it really takes like 15 minutes. And it's so much more delicious. It's cheaper than buying the stuff that tastes like rubber. And then honestly, like just plain pasta with frozen peas and homemade ricotta, it tastes like a real like Roman deliciousness and it's so much more affordable. Um, We talked about using leftover scraps, any kind of like herb that's about to go bad, turn it into a pesto with some olive oil and some like a handful of nuts. Pasta with pesto I love. Um, Again, looking at lentils. I love a rice and lentil pilaf. And if you take an onion and you caramelize it like really deep brown, you get something, um, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right, but it's like mujadara, which is like a Middle Eastern pilaf. It's a Middle Eastern style pilaf that's great. And you know what? That's dinner, people. Um, another thing that really saved me a lot of money is to stop thinking about dinner as having to be this like three-course meal or this fancy thing. So another thing that I love, just like scramble eggs for dinner. So like scramble egg tacos, we call them breakfast tacos, or like smoothies and some like toast with peanut butter. It's a great budget dinner that I love. So there you go. Some ideas off the top of my head. Having breakfast for dinner once a week is one of the best ways to quickly decrease your grocery budget. Totally. And that, and we always have one leftover at night. Usually it's like on Saturday before I go grocery shop on Sunday. Like we just need to eat everything that's in the fridge right now. Oh, Um, and I usually turn that into a curry. So like honestly, like an onion and garlic, and then you throw in like your curry spices. Like I usually have ginger in the fridge too, like grated ginger, and then like all the leftover vegetables with some chickpeas. 
That's fun. I would say soup is how I stretch yeah. leftover ingredients. Soup and then also pizza. Pizza is way less expensive to make at home than to buy um, and can be one of those ways like if your family loves to have pizza night, like start figuring out your pizza crust recipe or even buy pizza crust and you'll still save money over doing delivery or going out to eat for pizza. Um, we eat a lot of tacos, like anything in a tortilla, sort of what you were saying about tostadas. Like if there's a little bit of chicken or there's like a can of black beans and a sweet potato, we can like fill all of our bellies with those ingredients and tortillas. And then also love pasta because you can do just pasta with sauce like um, and fold in some veggies if you want to. But that's like a really inexpensive dinner that also my kids really love. And I know that that's not like very highbrow, like hello, every mother has served spaghetti and meat sauce since the beginning of time. And it's because kids love it. And also I love it too. So sometimes when you need to cut your budget, that's a great place to start. Couldn't agree with you more. Before we leave, Stacey, what are your top three uh, food emojis you used this week? Top three food emojis. Birthday cake. Yes. Cherry and strawberry. How about yours? I love it. Also birthday cake. <laughs> pizza and the fire emoji. It's not really food. Because you were food, eating fire. Like... Were you eating fire or were you <laughs> spitting fire this week? Uh, I mean, maybe just some things I ate was like fire. Like so good. <laughs> love it. So... Before we leave you, find us at Didn't I Just Feed You on Instagram and Facebook, where you can also join our private listeners group that we mentioned a couple times. The answer to the secret question is whiskey. And most importantly, subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You so that you don't miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, tell your friends about us and leave a review on iTunes. It makes a really big difference. Our music is Good Old Times by Alex Cohen, provided by Jamendo. A huge thank you to our editor, Jeremy Enns, and the team at Counterweight Creative. Until next week, I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well-fed. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to smash all five stars on iTunes and subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding us kids and families. Mom, I need a snack. <laughs>